I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Danielle reminded me of my friend Yehuda Hanekman years ago when Ava was taking tennis very seriously. She became friends with this kid named Pierre. They're still friends. They both go to college now. Pierre is actually playing tennis for his college. And Yehuda sent Pierre one of these uh, ball machines, you know, where tennis players warm up. It shoots you a ball every quarter of a second, and you practice your forehand, your backhand, all that. I guess uh, Yehuda was involved with a company. I know he was. That was involved with tennis. And we remained friends over the years because tennis was a big deal. We got to know Yehuda. We liked him. So after the, the tragedies happened, Yehuda listens to the show. He knew I was looking for somebody here, and he volunteered to come on. And he has been on a bunch. And then when the idea was born at Dove Hike and Shul with Rabbi Bloomstein to make the trip to Israel, we knew we needed a sponsor. We knew there were logistics involved that I could not do because I'd never been here before. And like a mensch, which he is, Yehuda stepped up and said, I can do it. I'll do it. And he did it. He found a sponsor, one Israel fund. Scott and those people have been magnificent. He found hotels. He has been the guy that basically put together every tour we've got on this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. The barbecue pictures from last night, that was Yehuda. Going down south tomorrow, that was Yehuda. He has been above and beyond in this memorable trip I'll never forget, being at the Wailing Wall with my son yesterday. So I can never really repay you other than to tell you on behalf of my family and all of us and all the people listening today, I love you and thank you very much for all you've done. It's, it's, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Sid. It's been very special for me and I know for your listeners and for the Jewish people to have you here. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's been the, the continuing theme, really, since I've been here. But you were the guy from the very beginning, and you, and you kind of you said to me, you said, you got to be here, man, because you're talking about it. You clearly care. you got to be here. And you weren't here your whole life. You're, you're a New Yorker too, right? Correct. I was born in New York. Um, I grew up in the five towns. Oh, you did? In Long Island. Yeah. But that's exactly the reason why I knew you had to be here, because from a young age, I remember as, as far back as three years old, five years old, six years old, coming on trips with my family, those are the memories that, that built my love for Israel. Being here and experiencing it with my father, like Gabe experienced it with you. Yeah. Like when we were at the wall, like you said you wished you experienced it with your father. Yeah. I, I know what it means to be a, 
someone who loves Israel, but specifically a Jew who loves Israel, whose, whose soul is searching to, to find this place and to be able to connect those pieces together. And it only happens here. How many years ago did you move here? I moved here about 12 years ago. And you already married at that point? No. No, actually, married. You met your wife here? So it's a funny story. I, uh, I always knew I wanted to live in Israel. I was kind of like, how was I going to navigate it? How am I going to make that work? How am I going to make that happen? And my wife came to New York for a summer to work. Um, she had gone touring in Europe for the first part of the summer and the second part of the summer. What was she doing? Um, she was just finishing high school. She was about okay. to start Shehut Lumi, which is national service. So when you say she's touring, she's not a, a singer. She was no, no, she was touring. Like she's, kids' tours. Yeah, yeah exactly. Teen tours. Yeah. A- Amsterdam and all those fun places yeah. to go visit. Right. Um, she came to America to work for the summer, and we met while she was there. And we had a great half a summer together, and then she's like, but I'm going back to Israel. And I'm like, well, then I'm coming with I'm you. coming. And she I'm said, coming. okay. And she said, okay. So, but when you initially came here, were you by yourself? You were dating her, but did you move in with her right away? What was the... Uh, what no, we never moved in together until okay. we got married. Right. Because um, that would be a Shonda, of course. Of course, a Shonda. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually, you know, it, it's, it's God's hand. It's completely God's hand how it all worked out. I said, okay, I'm, I decided I'm moving, which is the opposite, right? First, you want to find the job. I decided I'm moving. You're going no matter what. I'm going. Yeah. And then I... Uh, said, okay, now what? I need to find a job. And in America at the time, I was working in nightlife. I was doing events and promoting and doing a lot of different things. Um, I was working in sales and marketing as well. And a buddy of mine called me and said, I just opened a sober living facility. You know, I'm in recovery for 17 years. You're sober 17 years? 17 and was years. It, was it drugs, liquor? What was your uh, uh, Drugs. Mostly drugs, but drugs and alcohol. Sober what kind of drugs? Years. I'm curious. Everything. Cocaine? Cocaine, everything under the... Under no the, kidding. The, yeah. So you'd never know that. Like me, you, you see me... And I'm recovery, too, for a long time, sober for a long time. But when you see me, you can almost say I can see it because I'm so frenetic and energetic and all those things and kind of wild. And you're such a, a quiet, uh, calm guy. I could never imagine you being out of control. 17 years later, that's what happened. That's what happened, yeah. 17 years God later. Bless you. So Thank a buddy you. of mine called me and said, I'm opening a sober living facility in Jerusalem. Do you want a job? And, and that's when you started after working. I decided that I'm moving. Yeah. Um, and again, this is God's divine hand. And you still go to AA meetings all the time. Uh, still. I, I didn't for a long time, but I, I, I've started going back over the when past When you didn't go, years. you still maintain your sobriety. Of course. But you were a dry drunk. Years. You weren't happy. I, I, I like I miss was like that. I, I wouldn't say that I was a dry drunk and I wasn't happy, but I, I definitely was missing some spirituality, missing some connection. They talk about the fellowship in AA, sure. missing the fellowship aspect. So when did you go back? How long ago? And really get serious about it again? Uh, probably about a year ago. Oh, about a year ago. I really okay. jumped back into it in, yeah. in, a, in a strong and meaningful way. I'm actually on the board of a program now out here. Um, so I, I came out here to join that sober living facility really with the intention of marrying the girl that I was dating. Um, in the end, I left the sober living facility and I did a bunch of different things, the tennis company, working in marketing for a lot of different companies. But now I'm on the board of a program called the AZ House in Jerusalem. It is the only 100% free facility for Jewish kids, a rehab, free. Who pays for that? 100%. People. People. Donors. 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 Right. Um, donors donate money, donate furniture, donate items, um, donate food, and residents are able to come. And I spent a lot of my time and energy focusing on that and helping wow. to build and grow that program as well. Well, what a beautiful job. I didn't even know this about you. That's a beautiful job. I knew you were going to A meetings at night because you would talk and you'd be like, I'm in a meeting, which I, I always uh, applaud you for that. Of course. But that's your job. What an amazing, as a guy in recovery, that's an amazing job. So it's actually not, I meaning it's not something I do for money. Um, all my work in recovery, whether it's on the board of the AZ House, obviously, or any fellowship work that I do with people in recovery, none of that is, is what I make money off of. I, I kind of, I, 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 
made a decision a long time ago that just because I feel like my tafkid, my mission in life, is to work with people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol, uh, it doesn't mean that that's what I have to do to make mm-hmm. money. Yeah. You know what's, what strikes me is, being here for a short amount of time, people here are so disciplined, you know? Kids go to the Army at a very young age, men and women, and you guys seem so much more disciplined than we are in America. You know, you, you don't let little stuff bother you like we do in America. I'm surprised... That you have, I mean, do you have a big drug and alcohol problem or, or not really? Did I in the past? Not you. I mean, Israel as a whole. Yes. You do. And yeah, why do you think that is? Look, it's, it's the same thing everywhere, right? You have the opioid epidemic that people are prescribing opioid medications left and right. Um, you know, a lot of people in Israel, after the army, they'll go traveling to, to India, to, to Thailand, to any of these other places. And it's very easy to get wrapped up in, in, in drugs. Yeah. You know, obviously, as youngsters as well, it's a looser community. The dr- legal drinking age here is 18. 18. So people can yeah. start drinking at a younger age. Right, right. And you get the, the right guy or the wrong guy with the right substance or the wrong substance at the right time or the wrong time, Yeah. and you're down a nasty path. Wow. Well, your, uh, your work life is uh, clearly beautiful. Now you've helped get Sid and Friends in the morning and New York. You've basically taken New York to Israel. So uh, on the periphery, all that stuff, your life is great. And you've done some things that... Um, it's all. It's almost like tzedakah. It's almost like charity, all of that. But when you look at uh, your existence today in this country that you chose to come to without having a wife or, you know, or, or, or you'd have a job at the time, but when you look at what's going on in and around your country today, you still love it every bit as much, don't you? Every bit as much. Maybe more. Not maybe. Definitely more. Definitely more. You're yeah. Knowing full well that... And you told me this at dinner in Jerusalem on Sunday night, our first, my first dinner in Israel with you and Aaron, knowing full well that what's coming in the north could be absolutely horrible. Yeah, but I, I believe in something bigger. I believe in something bigger than, uh, than Hezbollah and something bigger than Hamas. I, I believe in the Jewish people. I believe in the God of the Jewish people, the, 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 the shield of the Jewish people. And... Although there may be situations that are difficult, there may be an October 7th, there may be a Holocaust, like many of your guests have told you over the week that you've been here, and like many of your guests have told you over the past almost four months, whatever it's been, we're not just going to survive, we're going to thrive. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's PriorityGoldGuide.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And the reason that we can all say that with 100% confidence, and, you know, this week we met for the first time, I'm sitting here across from you right now, and I can look in your eyes and say to you, we are not going to survive, we're going to thrive, is because I have a belief in something bigger. I believe you. I really do, and I do too. And I believe when, when you say that, that it's not just hyperbole, you really mean that. And, I, and I'm also buying all that. But it is, you know, I mean, you live here, you're used to seeing people with guns in the street and soldiers on almost every block. And just moments ago, there's a burger place downstairs from these studios, and they give discounts to cops and soldiers. So I go down to get a burger or chicken sandwich every day this week, and you got three soldiers with guns, you got cops with guns, and then you got the actual people eating lunch there, just civilians. They've got guns. So guns, and you've got a gun, at least one. Guns are part of Only life one. here. Only one? Legally, you don't let have one in Israel. Is I mean, that right? If you're, if, you're, if you're in the Army and you have a license for a handgun, then you'll carry your handgun and your, and your, oh, got it. your automatic rifle that they give you. Got it. But uh, as a civilian, you're only allowed to own one gun. But you didn't, were you a gun guy in New York? Or no. This? no. No. I wasn't a gun guy on October 6th either. Really? So what ha- is, it, is it just, are you at the point, Israel, you have to have a gun? You have to. I felt for me that it was important for me to have one to protect my family if push came to shove. Again, this doesn't negate anything I said before about a belief in something bigger than us. I I believe that God created guns for a reason, and God guns were obviously used for negative purposes because people take our will into our own hands at times, you know? But I I made the decision to get a gun on October 7th for the protection of myself and my family. So last night, you take us to this uh, great barbecue in Gush Etzion. You've been talking about these barbecues, and Dove Hiking has been talking about these barbecues, but I experienced it last night. You, You said, go up there and speak i said you who did they even understand english and they did and i and i did this very very short speech and they they mobbed me after the speech it wasn't like hey man thanks it was hugging and kissing like i just saved their kids life it was that intense every one of them 200 in number came up and did that it's i might like, you got the video on, on my uh, social media it was unreal so when you do these things and you do them as often as two or three times a week including again tonight you get that feeling every time don't you yeah, I, I mean, look, for, for me, it's about giving back, right? I, I learned very on talking about my journey in recovery. I learned very early on in my recovery journey that gratitude is an action. It's not an attitude. I know, but you 12-step everywhere, man. It's one thing to help another addict. I get the 12-step. Believe me, I know these things very, very well. Your whole life is based on a 12-step. I mean, we can get into a deeper 12-step conversation, but the 12-step is practice these principles in all of our affairs, not some of our affairs. And you but, do that. But to, to me, again, it's just about gratitude. It's just about giving back. I know that these soldiers, whether the 200 you met last night or the 80 that you'll hopefully meet tonight, that we're, uh, 100 that we're going to cook for tonight, or when you're down south tomorrow, I know that part of the itinerary, you don't even have the itinerary yet, part of it is to meet more soldiers down oh, really? south tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, the ones that are actually in Gaza right now. That One of the places that you're going to stop is called the Shuva Junction, which is a place where soldiers are going in and out oh my of Gaza. Um, and it's about giving back to these guys that are that are, you know, yes, they're mandated to be there. Meaning they were called in and they're mandated to be there. But you saw last night, those, that wasn't the look of a mandated individual. No. That was the look of someone who's here for the Jewish people. Yes, and happy and prideful. So how, can I, guys so how can I not give back to them in the same way that they're giving to my country? So what would be uh, your message? I mean, again, you're not a military guy. You're not a politician. You're Yehuda. Everybody loves you. They all know you. But you're a guy. 
you know, you're not just a guy. You're Sid Rosenberg's friend, and you become a big deal to this audience, and I'm sure people all over Israel and around the world. But you're a guy, right? You're not a soldier. You're not a politician. And yet, yet, a lot of us look towards you for strength. What is your message to your fellow New Yorkers as a former New York guy listening right now about Israel, about America, about the world? What is your message? Do what you can. That's my message. And that's, that's, that's been my driving force in this entire thing. Which you practice. Do what you can. Don't do what you can't because you can't do it. If you can't do it, then don't do it. Right. But anything that you can do, do it. Maybe it's a social media post. Maybe it's an interview with Sid Rosenberg. Maybe it's an interview with someone. Maybe it's a donation to bbqforoursoldiers.com so we can keep doing this. Maybe it's a donation to the IDF. Whatever it is that One you can Israel do. One Israel Fund. One Israel Fund. Exactly. Which is an amazing, amazing, amazing organization that Scott and my family go back a long time, which is how that worked out. But anything that you can do to benefit whatever it is that you believe in. Right now we're talking Israel. Do it. Do it. Don't, don't think about doing it. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to admit that John and Margot Katsimatidis, I know you had a lot of conversations with John and Chad and Emily leading up to this trip. They did it, you know, uh, by allowing us to do this and by giving us their blessings to be here in Israel, sitting with you right now in Jerusalem. Uh, they're 6,000 miles away, but you can make a very good argument that John, Margot, Chad, the whole crew, they did it. I mean, it, it wasn't easy for them. You know, we had a lot of logistical conversations about the how, the who, the why, the finances, the, the broadcasting. I mean, the fact that right now Curtis is sitting in the studio, I, I'm assuming he's still there, just in case something yeah. happens. And yet everybody goes, it's been crystal clear. Crystal clear, beautiful, but, but John and Margo and Chad, they all put the, the necessary precautions in place just in case so that we can make sure this happens. Again, not just for Sid Rosenberg and his family. But for all the listeners of 77 WABC, for the One Israel Fund, for the people of Israel, and for Jewish people everywhere. I'm Chai Israel. I'm going to come back here next time. Uh, I want to say under better conditions, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case because something tells me we're in this for the long haul, and this is, this is going to take a while. Between the south and the north, this may take a while. That's not going to stop me from coming back. There could be bombs directed at the airplanes in Tel Aviv, which may happen. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm coming back. It actually happened to you. me once. It did happen to you once. Yeah, once I was uh, on a flight back from a crazy business trip. I was actually on a flight back from Vegas. We were talking about in the first show how long that flight was for you. Imagine a flight from Vegas to Israel. How long is that? Like 17 hours. Uh, it was actually, we, we, it was Vegas to LA and LA to Israel, about 16 hours. Aye, aye, aye. And, uh, and mid-flight, we got notified that there were missiles happening <laughs> in Israel. Aye, aye, and aye. they rerouted us to where? To Eilat. Okay. From Tel Aviv to Eilat. So we all landed in an airport in Eilat now. So instead of getting it off at an airport that's 50 minutes from my home. Four hours. Four right. hours after a 16-hour yeah. flight. But hot chicks and bikinis. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, that brutal. So brutal. Uh, I love you. I do. You, Thank you, you, you We you're love like you as well. a friend. It's, 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 um, you know what's weird? i got to wrap this up, I know. But we're talking. I'm sitting and talking with you. And you had to remind me that I never met you. Because from the moment you picked me up at the airport, you and Aaron, in Tel Aviv Sunday night, I felt like I met you a million times. It's odd, but I guess we're kind of in this together, and you've been um, just so amazing. So thank you very much. You know what they say, we've seen each other at Sinai.